Welcome to another episode of the View Charlotte Real Estate and Entertainment Podcast. My name is Jeremy Orden, one of the partners with the Orden Writer Group at Allen Tate. Each week we will break down a real estate topic, share stories related to the topic, or have guests with experience in various facets of real estate, and then discuss something about our city that makes it unique. This could be restaurants, things to do, fun facts, or well, virtually anything about Charlotte, because Charlotte is such an amazing city with limitless opportunities. The idea of continuing to educate our clients to the real estate market so they can make the best decision for their family is a commitment we stand behind, and hopefully each of these episodes will leave at least a little pearl of wisdom with our listeners. Let's get started. When we decided to create this podcast and commit to a weekly format, there were a few things that obviously never entered into my mind. Our initial concept with the podcast was to create a format to discuss topics with a broader audience that we're having on a daily basis with our clients. This is why topics like return on investment, divorce, what due diligence is, the four factors that you know will sell a home, and the importance of firm have been really key components with what we've been discussing. We also wanted to ensure that we grounded every episode with something about our city and metropolitan area. So that includes discussing something about, you know, what's going on in the city, having conversations with business owners, or exploring different happenings has been a key component in every single episode. There's been a lot that we've learned over these last 20 plus episodes. I could literally do an entire episode on the things we've learned with creating a weekly podcast, including the time commitment to researching topics, recording, scheduling guests, getting those guests to actually show up, and then ensuring that the material that we're discussing has been fact-checked to ensure that the type of quality that I wanted to commit to putting out there is consistently being put out there. Furthermore, I could probably also do an entire episode on the choice of that split topic format and how I now see that that's become problematic moving forward. So moving forward, we're going to have episodes that are either going to be exclusively about Charlotte or maybe exclusively about real estate or exclusively about a company here in our area, or we might have episodes that have both components associated with them. In my opinion, In an effort to have the best possible guests, covering the best possible topics, we need to go ahead and loosen up the commitment that I initially made with featuring both a real estate topic and a Charlotte topic in every single episode. Some topics, such as the series that we're starting now on doing on divorce and the impact on real estate, or that amazing conversation that I had a few weeks ago with Lindsay Goings from Movement Mortgage, those should be their own entire episode. After discussing this potential change with my team members, as well as many of our listeners who reached out to me, I think that this is the best course of action for us to take moving forward. You'll just have to check out each individual episode each week to see what you have in store for you. Maybe it's a conversation about real estate that you've been curious about, or maybe we're going to be discussing the new project taking place in Camp North End. Hey, we might even use both of those topics in a single episode. Ultimately, we're going to be viewing Charlotte from different perspectives, and I believe that by loosening up the format requirements that I created myself in order to provide the best possible experience for our audience is the best decision to make moving forward. I'm incredibly appreciative to everyone who has joined us on this journey so far. 
The last almost six months have been an amazing journey, and I'm committed to continuing to provide our audience with the best possible information each week. In order to do that, it does require this format change. That being said, something that never crossed my mind with our entire podcast is that a time would come that I would fail to hit save on an episode when we just finished recording it and I would be without a good solid 45-minute discussion about working with investor clients and helping them to achieve their goals when it comes to return on investments with the Charlotte real estate market. Last week, my wife and I had all of the switches in our home replaced with rocker switches. This should probably be included on our list of the worst return on investments that you can make in your house. However, she wanted to have it done and we thought, okay, well, let's let's make that happen. Now, anybody who knows me knows that I am not the person who is qualified or equipped to swap out any electrical switches whatsoever. I would either end up electrocuting myself or probably burning down the house. So we had one of our electricians go ahead and swap out all the switches. And I just failed to save the last episode that we had recorded. So I've now corrected that by turning on our autosave, which I'm not really a big fan of, but that's beside the point. And moving forward, this will not happen again. So the big announcement for this week is pure and simple. We're going to be changing the format moving forward, but we're still going to be providing the best real estate and Charlotte-based information that we can provide to our audience. I really want to thank everyone who's been along for this journey with us so far, and the journey's not over. We're just switching it up a little bit so that we can concentrate on getting the best information out without feeling the confines of the structure that I initially created. Let's go ahead and get into this week's guest, returning champion, Matthew Query. For this episode, I'm joined once again by one of my most trusted advisors and my client's favorite resource for accurate information and fantastic customer service. Matthew Query of Freedom Home Inspection has been my personal go-to home inspector for years. In that time, he has performed hundreds of home inspections for my team as well as myself. One of the things I value most about Matthew and his home inspection approach is he believes in educating his clients to the deficiencies and potential safety concerns while never attempting to steer a client in a certain direction on whether or not to proceed with a house. All of my clients comment on Matthew's professionalism, timeliness, and communication skills. Matthew, our returning home inspection champion, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Jeremy. Really happy to be here again. It's really honored. I'm really honored. Yeah. So it wasn't so painful that the last time you were here that you swore that you would never do this again. No, 100% not. This is great. So it was really in the middle of our last conversation that the idea came to me as you were describing what you do that it would be an interesting conversation to discuss a double topic with you because these two subjects intertwine so closely together that I think it's important to educate our audience to the subject as well as, of course, you know, who better to have this conversation with than than you? Well, thanks. Yeah, I I really believe a lot in a home inspection and it, it apparently was not a great thing to get a home inspection a couple of years ago, especially 2021. And uh, people are paying for that, unfortunately. So I'm happy to share um, any knowledge I have. So this week, I want to discuss with you what a home inspector does 
and what type of services a home inspector can offer. So let's start things off with probably the most simple definition of what a home inspector does. Uh, we look at things and we write them down. <laughs> Is that simple enough? <laughs> I mean, I love the definition you just gave. Short, sweet, to the point. Yeah, um, exactly. We're a generalist, Jeremy. I mean, we go out and we say, all right, well, I see that crack in the foundation or I see or I feel that this HVAC isn't working because it's not heating or cooling like it like it is and we we write down those things and we point to a specialist I am a I'm a licensed builder in the state of South Carolina so I technically could say all right well this is how I feel like you should fix that issue but my licenses don't interchange and so what we have to do as home inspectors is say I see that thing and I recommend that you contact a specialist to get it further evaluated or just, quite frankly, just replace it or repair it. I often have clients, both buyers and sellers, who ask me, what happens if a home fails an inspection? That's funny that you say that because a home never fails an inspection. Um, I think we talked last time on the podcast that uh, we come to the, the table with a mentality of that everything can be fixed. So what fails in my mind is not going to fail in your mind. And what fails in your mind is definitely not going to fail in my mind because what you feel like is a really big issue, I'm more than likely going to say, eh, it's not that big of an issue. You know, and that's something that I like to reiterate. Like, there's no such thing as failing a home inspection. Exactly. We're simply having a professional evaluate a property to identify potential deficiencies. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, you know, sellers and Sellers can include, you know, builders when it's new construction Mm -hmm. may not even be aware of all the items that come up. However, that does not negate the validity of the findings of the inspector. When I was a builder, I had um, 35 different houses I was running in four different communities and three different code jurisdictions. One of my communities was 45 minutes to an hour away, depending on traffic. So I feel like I'm a pretty good person in general. feel like I'm a pretty good project manager, superintendent, kind of know what I'm doing. But I ask you, how many times do you think that in an 8 to 10 hour day, I was able to get to all 35 of those houses? I would say never. And so it's not a, it's not a, people problem it's a system problem there's there's so many houses that are going up this is the same way with code enforcement code enforcement has 30 or 40 houses that they're trying to look at in one day and so again ask me how many how much time do they actually spend on site to actually really look at your house so um, it's a partnership from the public sector to the private sector it is a responsibility of the owner or the future owner to make sure that their house is being built properly. It's not because the, the, the builder doesn't want to do it right. It's just that they may not have the resources or the time to be able to put into it that we could, I go and spend four hours at one house and that's it. So, so very important. Can you tell our audience what a home inspector is not? We are not structural engineers. We are not HVAC licensed. We are not plumbing licensed. We are not electrical licensed. We are generalists. 
Oftentimes in a report, we might have a deficiency identified and the comment will say, have evaluated by a structural engineer or have evaluated by a licensed HVAC technician. Following up on what you just said, why do we see that type of verbiage when we're hiring you to inspect a home? That's a really great point um, and often a, a source of frustration for our clients. But we are literally required by our states, um, according to our standards of practice, to write our reports in a certain way. I call it DDID. Actually, it is called DDID. It's not mine. I didn't come up with it. Description. Well, I would have given you credit for oh, it. Oh, thanks. Yeah, take it. Uh, description of the defect, the implication of the defect, and the determination. Or I, I sometimes DDIR, like the recommendation. What do you recommend? And the only thing that we are allowed to recommend is a uh, further evaluation, um, further monitoring, or monitoring or uh, further evaluation by a specialist. So there's always the potential of having verbiage of have a licensed plumber evaluate why this toilet sounds like it's possessed every time it's flushed. So in that situation, why would somebody hire a home inspector versus just having a plumber evaluate it from the beginning? Well, a plumber is going to charge you a trip fee. Uh, those trip fees add up. So we actually do have a, a provision in our contract that would include a technically exhaustive inspection. We've never had anybody choose this because we've estimated that it's about $3,500 for you to hire everybody that you would need to hire to investigate everything that we do. So for the average price of $500, you're getting a $3,500 deal. I didn't want you to think that I was leading you in that question to get a specific answer, but I mean, I think you nailed it. Yeah. That's why it's called a general home inspection. Yeah. In a similar way to where we get like a physical at a doctor, however, they might refer us to a specialist. Mm-hmm. That's kind of similar to a home inspector's job, right? 100%. That's a great. Yeah. So let's talk about the type of things that a home inspector offers what types of services not your company specifically but what type of services are offered by a home inspector well we're technically not required to offer any additional services other than the general home inspection as performed in accordance with state standards of practice what we like to do at freedom home services is be a one-stop shop so jeremy when you call us you you have a pretty busy job as a realtor. You have enough things going on your plate. And so what we want to do again is partner with you. Talked about realtor partners in the last podcast. And um, I want to make sure that when you call, you know that everything can get done. So if you want a termite inspection or a radon inspection or thermal imaging or a sewer scope or a septic inspection or water inspection and any number of other different inspections. If you want the HVAC is uh, evaluated by a third party, we can set all that up for you. So we we are a one-stop shop. And so there are a lot of different things that we can bring to the table. But what we cannot do is do any work on the house. So if we find it an issue, I can't do any work on it. And there are different standards based on the state you're in, but we just don't do it. That's a lot of services. It is. And- brings up a lot of you know questions for me so 
are you ready to explain to me why somebody would want to have some of these specific inspections performed? I am ready. All right. Brace yourself. I'm braced. Let's start with this one. You mentioned water quality tests. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Obviously, the safety of water is a huge issue and one that we often recommend our clients perform when they have a well. However, I know that you also like to recommend them when someone has city water. So why is that? Well, especially if you're in an older house, uh, we used to have lead, lead pipes. Um, Even when we didn't have lead pipes, we had copper pipes with lead solders. Lead can leach into the water and, of course, can cause cancer. And so... uh, you're on city water. Um, but yeah, there could be any number of contaminants that are in um, that are in city water. Why is a wood-destroying insect report so important, especially if the home already has an active termite bait system? That's a great question. Well, for us in the Carolinas here, you probably know this, but we are number two in the amount of damage in millions that is uh, caused by termites behind the state of Florida. And so it's not if you're going to have termites, it's when. And so uh, they really can do a lot of damage. And it and that's stuff that's usually hidden. Again, it's in those nether regions of the house and the crawl space. It's not usually as apparent. So you 100% need to get those done. Mold has become a larger issue in the news lately. Builders have had huge fines. And I have a mold remediation company on speed dial due to the number of times that this issue has come up in crawl mm-hmm. spaces. Yeah. So what types of mold or air quality testing do you offer? Well, mold, we could do a whole podcast on mold, but sticking to your sticking to your question. So when we come in, we can uh, evaluate air quality um, and it basically takes a, a sample from the inside of the home. We take one from the outside of the home, um, depending on the size of the house, we may take multiple and then we send those samples off to a lab to be evaluated. Uh, in conjunction, if we find any areas where we see some organic growth growing, particularly the crawl space, but sometimes inside the house, you see it uh, on the sheetrock, we can also include those and send those off to the lab. And then it'll tell us what type of mold or organic growth there is. And I like to say to clients that everybody has mold and we're breathing it in every day. It's really dependent on what you are allergic to. So it's really it's really key to get that inspection done because we can take what we find and then you can take that to your doctor and say, am I allergic to this? And I think that's great. I, I think your approach isn't saying, oh, this is here. This is you know a deal breaker. It's saying we've identified something. Let's learn more about it. Exactly. So I have a gotcha question okay. for you. Are you ready? Uh, I think so. Oftentimes, we see homes listed in MLS with fireplaces being sold in as-is condition with no known problems. Can you talk to me about why the fireplace is such a mystery that strikes fear into listing agents? That's a great one. So we have a pretty minimal inspection procedure for fireplaces. Um, But as you know, fireplaces can lead to burning down of homes. And so again, this is one of those areas that people don't maintain. They don't look at. It's like the roof or the crawl space. People do not, as recommended, get a chimney sweep to come out every season before they light their fire. People in this area burn a lot of pine or cedar, and that has sap in it. And the sap will um, 
stick to the walls of the chimney and that sap can literally ignite within the chimney. And so when you have a fireplace and a, and a, you know, especially an older house, you don't know what the condition of it is. And so, um, it, it, it can be, uh, very concerning, but all it really takes is proper maintenance and further evaluation. So there has never been an inspection report that I have seen with a fireplace that did not say have evaluated by a chimney sweep. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing that I try to prepare my clients for in advance because I have never had a chimney sweep come out and evaluate and not say that the entire flue system had to be replaced. Yeah, that's a problem Um, because it doesn't have to be replaced. There are there. That's some pretty cool, ingenious inventions. I don't know if you ever watched this old house. I love this old house. I call me old, but <laughs> I really, <laughs> I really love it. Uh, I saw it on, on an episode of this old house where they were able to essentially recoat the inside of a chimney. They didn't have to rip it down and replace it. They literally were able to recoat it, and they were able to use it again. And so, I think that oftentimes because it's such an area of mystery for people that they automatically assume that they have to go with the the most expensive thing, which is like a replacement. But that's not the case. There are other options. Now, none of the options I would say are very inexpensive. Like coating a chimney is not going to be easy. And that's mainly because it's specialized. But you can use, if you really want to use your fireplace, it can happen. You could put in a a gas insert and put in a a metal flue inside the fire, uh, inside of the uh, chimney and, and use it again. There are ways to to make that fireplace come alive again. Uh, it just takes, again, time and money, depending on what you're interested in. Matthew, you are the man. You have so much knowledge, but also just passion about protecting your clients. And you not only have, like, my business, but, like, obviously my respect. So thank you so much for joining me this week. You know, can I ask you if you would come back and do another episode with us in the future? A hundred percent. I'm really thankful to be here. Excellent. And where can people go to get more information on you or your company? You can go to our website, Freedom H, as in home services, hsllc.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much, Matthew. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) 